Welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, where we talk to great bosses and those who build great bosses about what it takes to be a great boss. And now, here is your host, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders, Mac Monroe. Well, hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast where we talk with bosses, great bosses, boss builders, and people who have great information to share with anybody who's playing the role of the boss. In this episode, what we want to do is talk about how to actually build a better boss. Now, there's always debates out there that you hear about talking about the idea, are leaders born or are leaders made? And of course, at the Boss Builder Podcast, we don't really talk much about leadership. But this whole idea of looking at the boss, the question remains, are great bosses born or are great bosses made? And I'm going to just throw my hat into this and say that I believe great bosses are made. I think there are some people that are born with traits that probably could cause them to be called a great boss. Maybe they are just naturally assertive. Maybe they have a natural uh, preference for compassion. Maybe they are naturally very analytical thinkers. But to be able to actually put all of those pieces together to make a person a really effective boss, I think that takes some development. And so what I'd like to talk about in this edition of the Boss Builder podcast are some ideas and techniques that any organization can use to actually develop their own better bosses. If you haven't done so already, make sure you download the handout for Boss Builder podcast number three, How to Build a Better Boss. You can click the link in the show notes or you can go ahead and go to the podcast page on macmonroe.com and you can click it. And the reason I'd like you to do it is there's a couple of models there that I think you're going to find very helpful. If you have that open and in front of you now, let's take a look at the model at the very top. Now, that is a tool that I talk about in a lot of my talks and workshops, and it's based on the idea of what's called the fire triangle. Now, of course, you probably know that I spent 15 years of my life in the United States Navy, and there's one real difference between sailors and Marines and airmen and soldiers. The biggest difference is what happens when there's a fire. Well, if you're in the Marine Corps or the Air Force or the Army, you go ahead and pull the fire alarm and run out to the flagpole and take roll. But in the Navy, on board a ship, you have to always be prepared to fight a fire because if the ship burns up, everybody dies. So every sailor is a firefighter. And the way that we were trained in basic training on how to fight fires was to learn how fire is made. And so if you look at that tool that's on your handout there, uh, it says effective management, but replace that fire, that flame, with just a plain old flame. Keeping in mind there's three elements that make a fire burn, and that is oxygen, heat, and fuel. Those three have to be together for that fire to ignite and burn, and so the reverse is true if you want to put it out. Simply remove one of the elements and the fire goes out. I want to build on that when it comes to building great bosses and let you know that there's three important elements that must be in place for somebody to be an effective great boss. And the first one, and you'll see it on your, your diagram there, it is to run and fix systems and processes. This is why managers are typically promoted to that role. They're really good at what they do. And the common mindset is if you're the best salesperson, if you're the best nurse, then obviously you would be the best manager or supervisor or lead of the sales team or the nursing unit, whatever that might be. And sometimes that's true, but unfortunately, when you move into this position of being the boss, 
you have to add to that because the fire is simply not going to burn if you did your technical job and just got paid more money to do that. The second element is what we call protecting the house. Now that one has a lot of different areas to it. And the first one, which is probably the most important, I think, is just looking at your organization and protecting it from any kind of liability. And what comes to mind really first, I guess, is any type of harassment, sexual harassment, EEO violations. You know, the manager or the boss should be the first line of defense against that stuff. And so it's very important to be able to teach them how to look for those things. Any of the HR-based compliance training is designed to give them the skills to be able to do that. And that's the second element that goes along with just running and fixing systems and processes. Now, the third is the one that most bosses have the biggest issue with, and that is developing people. Developing people can be very uncomfortable because what it basically means is you've got to take time to sit down with those direct reports and not only give them positive feedback, but tell them how things could be done better and what things they need to stop doing. And that can make people feel very uncomfortable. But for the great boss to be the great boss, just like for the fire to burn, all three of those elements need to be in place. And so as you start thinking about, if you're the boss listening to my podcast, what are you doing on a regular basis to develop in those areas? Are you regularly keeping current with your technical skills? Are you attending that really compliance-based, oftentimes extremely boring HR compliance training? And are you taking the time to develop people? Now, the developing people is something that you would get some really good information if you sign up for my Boss Builder Academy. But if your organization has formal training, then make sure you're going to that. Remember, all three elements have to be in place for the fire to burn. Now, if you're listening to my podcast and you happen to be in maybe the HR field and you're trying to figure out a way to uh, maybe put together a formal program for training bosses, then the second part of this podcast will be for you. Because what I want to do is show you how to do management development the right way. And I'm going to show you first how to do it the wrong way. And so there's really five mistakes that most organizations make when they want to start doing management training. And we'll take them starting at number five, moving down to number one, which is the biggest one of all. And so beginning at number five, here's the fifth biggest mistake organizations make when they're doing management development. And that is failing to understand the difference between management training and management development. Now, it's important to note that the only thing that training fixes is a skill deficiency. And so really, for a good training program to be a good training program, it should have a title like this, how to, and then whatever the thing is, how to make a podcast, how to coach an employee, how to build a better process. Those are training topics, and those are very important. But it's also important to understand that just the, the skill transfer is not enough. When we talk about training and development, the development is actually techniques on putting those skills to use. And so you could learn how to turn a wrench, but the development means how to turn the wrench more efficiently to solve one particular type of problem. And so don't discount the two. And when we get to the third model on this sheet, you'll get an idea of where the development actually fits in. So that's number five. Number four is using a piecemeal approach to management development. And you know, this is a mistake a lot of organizations I work with do because they assume that it, there's no real sequence to developing managers. You just give them lots and lots of training. 
But I would suggest the best way to do it is to teach management the way you would teach math to a person. The way math is taught is in a very dedicated sequence. But the way that people do management training would be teaching math like this. Okay kids, today we're going to start with 1 plus 1. And then tomorrow we're going to learn the Pythagorean theorem. Wednesday we'll look at fractions. On Thursday we'll probably do basic subtraction. And then Friday we'll start with calculus. Well, first of all, everybody would flunk the class. But secondly, if you look at it, everything in math is a building block. But you know, everything in management training is a building block too. And so a piecemeal approach means you're just throwing topics out there. And, and the second problem you have is that, and I see this a lot in organizations, people get excited about the hot trend. So right now, maybe it's, hey, we've heard a lot about this new generation in the workforce. The millennials are already old, so it's the iGen. We got to get around that. Or, hey, let's get into this mindfulness stuff. And now the big one is, oh, let's do some of this training on uh, unconscious bias. And so what's happening is you're irritating the crap out of all of your managers because they're looking at this as a bunch of fads and you're throwing it at them when they don't really need it. So think about doing this in a piece, without a piecemeal approach, doing it sequential, basic management techniques, and you build on those very similar to how my Boss Builder Academy works. That's number four. Number three is making your management training theoretical. Now, I firmly believe the reason that theory is taught in any of these courses is because the courses are developed by trainers, and trainers by nature are entertainers. And entertainment means they like to take a topic that can be taught in five minutes and stretch it out to a half day because they enjoy the act of getting in front of a group and entertaining. And how does Mac know this? This is what I did for a very long time, and it's a lot of fun, I must admit. And it's fun to walk people through theories, but to be perfectly honest, when there's a massive problem staring you in the face, nobody has any time for theory. Think about the way that most people learn stuff today. You go on YouTube and you get a video. So if you are going to have to replace the flapper in your toilet, you don't expect to go to a one-day course that gives you the theory about Thomas Crapper, the inventor of the toilet. All you want is how to fix the flapper in the toilet. And this is what happens with management training. They're going to teach a big bunch of theory to suck up a day or two days. And then at the end, the manager is going to say, I learned a lot. I don't even know where to put it. And then when the problem comes up, they can't recall it. So leave the theory out of it. If you want to teach theory and you're a trainer, go teach college because college is all about theory. But in the practical world of developing bosses, there's no need for theory. It's useless. That's number three. Number two is blindly outsourcing management development to an outside training vendor. Now I need to be careful here because I myself am an outside training vendor, but the operative word here is blindly outsourcing. What happens in a lot of organizations, and I know this because I had served as a contract trainer for a few years, is that a training manager or an HR professional gets told by the boss, hey, you need to do something around here because these people are bitching and complaining about all the changes. So what happens is the training manager calls a training vendor and says, hey, we need some training on change management. Right now, I'm going to tell you that's a waste of your training dollars because change management is not a topic that can be trained. It's not. Change management, if you're interested, needs to be done by the wise people that are making the change. They need to anticipate the problems before just launching the change. And then when it all goes crazy, yelling and complaining at the HR staff because the employees are complaining about it. 
Well, unfortunately, the training vendor will say, oh, we have a great program on change management. It's a two-day program, and for two or three thousand dollars more, we can customize it for you, which means they're going to put your logo on it and maybe look at your corporate values. And they're going to come out, have some trainer deliver it for you and do a great job, and you're going to pay them lots of money. And, and then, lo and behold, your problem does not get fixed. I've seen this movie way too many times. I have personally participated in it, I'm ashamed to say. So here's what I'm going to suggest. If you're going to use an outside training vendor, be very clear by doing your own needs analysis on what areas are best served by having an outside vendor and then have that vendor take care of that one particular piece of training and then get right back on your sequential plan. But by just simply opening up your wallet and looking at a training catalog, you are absolutely going to be disappointed. That's number two. And number one is assuming everyone in a position of authority needs to be a leader. At Boss Builders, we don't focus an awful lot on leadership development. And it's not that I don't think it's important. It's just that I don't think it's important right now. I think for anybody to be in a position of leadership where their role is to be strategic and to influence large groups of people, you have to have a firm foundation. And Boss Builders and the idea of building the bosses makes that foundation. And so what I'm going to suggest then, if you have brand new people promoted as supervisor, don't put them in advanced leadership classes and coaching and all that stuff. Let's get on the basic, the basic stuff. How to develop a person. How to tell a person that's got, got bad body odor to go home, take a shower, and get cleaned up. Those difficult conversations that everybody's too afraid to address, we need the boss to be able to take care of that piece of business. If that's taken care of and they are fully competent, then by all means, push them toward leadership development, and I can certainly guide you in the right direction for that. So those are your top five biggest mistakes. Now that I've told you how to do it wrong, let me tell you how to do it right. And that's the third model in that handout that hopefully you have in front of you. What I've done is I've taken three circles, kind of in a Venn diagram, and those three circles represent really the three pieces of true boss development. And when you look at this overall, you'll see that there's a line that separates training from development. Remember, training is the transfer of the skill. Development is making the skills get done more effectively. So let's start with the training itself. First of all, I'm going to suggest the training would be short, sweet, and to the point, and it'd be based on how-to topics. A couple of years ago, when my son was in college, he came home for spring break and he said, hey dad, while I'm home, can me, he brought his roommate Joe with him. He says, come in Joe, go shooting. And because we have a lot of property. I said, yeah, but you guys got to buy your own ammo and you got to clean my guns. And I was watching as they were cleaning my guns. They had pulled up a YouTube video on how to field strip these rifles and they were going step by step. And that's when the light went on for me because I realized, you know, that's how real training should be done. In fact, if, if I would liken it to how most corporations do their management development, here's how the conversation would play out. Hey, Dad, I don't know how to clean your rifle. Oh, Dustin, hey, the good news is next month we're having a one-day program called Theory of Rifles, and I think we cover field stripping. Well, what's happening here is, number one, he needs to know right here and now how to clean this rifle. And number two, he doesn't want to sit through all day's worth of theory to get this five-minute piece of information. And so for me, that's when the light went on. And that was really the foundation and kind of the inspiration behind our Boss Builder Academy with our short five to seven minute how-to videos. 
So I'm going to suggest that that's how your training needs to be done. Whether you have micro learning classes, stand up topics, video based like we offer, make that how the training gets done. It's transfer of skill. Think about how do I fix the flapper in the toilet, right? The third piece is keep it simple. Simple doesn't mean simplistic, but also realize that this does not matter how technically competent a person is. If they are new to supervision, they have to start with the basics. I have several clients that have highly intelligent people, people with PhDs, crazy smart people. Some of them are so smart they could actually be called stupid. But here's the deal. If I was to just use conventional wisdom, I would assume because they are so smart, I should start off with supervisory training at an extremely high level. Theoretical based on models and concepts and studies and all kinds of difficult stuff. But you know what? This is a brand new place for them to be. It doesn't really matter how good you are technically. This is like starting from scratch. And if we did it the way most companies did it, it would be something like this. Just imagine your three-year-old finally learns how to go pee-pee on the potty. Well, the next logical step isn't let's hand him a chainsaw and show him how to use a running chainsaw. It's too much for them. Maybe the next step is let's teach them how to do something basic like put their toys away. And this is how managers need to be developed. So whatever it is, if they're new supervisors, we start with the basics and you keep it simple. That's training. Now for the development. And there's really two aspects of development. The first one I'm going to recommend is something that I call a round table. Now several years ago, and I still work with this company now, uh, I had done quite a bit of training for them, almost on a monthly basis. And usually the training season would end in December. And so I remember getting to the last class of the year and I had 12 people in the room. And I said, hey, how many of you have had me for a class before? And Because there was maybe over 100 managers here. So uh, 10 of the 12 hands went up. And I said, wow, okay, what class was it? Well, only two of the 10 could remember the class. And then I asked the two if they could remember one thing they learned in my class, they remembered nothing. And so I thought, well, maybe I'm a horrible trainer, but I don't think that's the case. I think the challenge is, is that the people were being kind of forced through these programs, sort of designing to front load them with information so that when the problem arose, they would be ready to handle it. But the reality is that doesn't happen because there's too much information, you can't retain it. So I made the suggestion that we do something called a round table. We start off by having small groups of managers come in for maybe an hour and simply have them answer a question. And the question is, what are you wrestling with right now? At first, it took a while for them to warm up. But very soon, we started to find that they would come in with real live problems and I would facilitate solutions. I wouldn't give them all the answers, but I would kind of get them from the group. And pretty soon I saw them communicating better and I saw them actually looking strategically and some of them didn't realize that their actions were impeding progress. So it was enlightening. And we've sort of kept that up over the years with this one organization and it still works well. The round table is really the cornerstone of the Boss Builder Academy because watching videos alone is not going to fix your problems. Learning how to apply it. That's what we call management development. That's going to be the secret. So my recommendation is, as you develop your bosses, have them facilitate these roundtables and make sure that they are based on solving relevant problems with the tools learned in the training piece. That's the second part. Now, third part of development is mentoring and coaching. 
coaching is something that really helps to develop the focus of, of people that are in your supervisor role. The focus is like, how am I doing the skill? Am I doing it according to the organization's values? Am I doing it according to the standards that we expect? And so that is more of a co-created solution that's coaching. Mentoring is a little bit different because mentoring is kind of done by having one of your bosses partner with somebody that they admire and kind of learn through observation. And so you know, my recommendation for mentoring, number one, is don't make it a formal program because anytime mentoring is made into a formal program, there's a probability it's going to fail in the same that arranged marriages would probably fail in American culture. They look great on paper, but there's just no way you can predict a connection. My recommendation would be to ask the boss who's being developed, who in the organization do you really admire that you'd like to learn from? And let them make the choice. People ask me all the time, hey Mac, if you could have a mentor, who would it be? And I'm expecting they, they say, I don't know, John Maxwell or one of these guru people out there. But I always say, I want my mentor to be Gene Simmons, the lead singer of Kiss. And of course, they look at me horrified and they say, why would you want him? And I said, because I, I know my stuff pretty well, but where I really need development is learning how to sell and market and promote and license. And Gene Simmons, this is his specialty. He's a master of licensing. And I would love to just plant myself in front of him and observe him and learn from him. I want him to be my mentor. Now, here's how that conversation would go in a typical organization. Well, Mac, if it's marketing help you need, why don't you have Jim, our vice president of marketing? Well, here's my complaint about Jim. When was the last time Jim cracked open a marketing book? When was the last time he looked over a campaign? What does he know about SEO and licensing? The, the real answer is he probably knows nothing because he's not been actively in the field. This is why mentoring fails in so many ways in large organizations. It should be up to the mentee, the protege, to really determine who they admire enough. And of course, you as the HR professional could guide this conversation. But like in the Venn diagram, those three areas have got to be in place. So to wrap up this podcast, let me just reiterate that great bosses are made. Very rarely are they going to be born. And even if they're born, they still got to be raised. So keep in mind those three important areas. Great bosses run and fix systems and processes. They protect the house. They develop people. Make sure you, as the HR professional or the training professional, don't fall into the traps of those five big mistakes that people made. And then when it comes to developing your people, make sure it's the right balance of training and development. Development, of course, being through roundtables, coaching, and mentoring. You know, if this is something that you look at now and say, this is overwhelming, that's why Boss Builders is here. This is what we do. And so if you are really, really looking at this and saying, I need some help, then I encourage you to check out our website at thebossbuilders.com. Or, of course, you can give us a call at 931-221-2988. And let us sit down and partner with you and help you put something together that's going to give you the right tools and techniques to create a great generation and a great cadre of bosses in your organization. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the next edition of the Boss Builder Podcast. Goodbye. 
You've been listening to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast with Mac Monroe. To get more information on being a great boss, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or at Mac's blog, macmonroe.com. Until next time, get out there and be a great boss.